So today we are talking to John. Hi, John. Hi there. How are you doing? Good, good. So John is an independent software developer, and John actually put up a lot of work into the guides that he created. Uh, one of them is for Clojure, another one is Clojure Web Apps. There is also one for SpaceMax, and John is actually working on another one, which is for Clojure Script. So John, today I would like to focus the discussion on setting up Emacs or maybe SpaceMax for closure development or closure script development. So where do, where would we start with this? Well, that's a, that's a very good question. So uh, so Emacs is uh, a well-known tool that hopefully most people use. It's been around for a long time now. Uh, and it has a, a, an amazing amount of features, but it's also incredibly uh, incredibly configurable and, and very powerful. You can do anything you want. There's a, there's a whole programming language behind it, which is Lisp, which is great for closure developers. And but with all this power, there's, there's a lot of things to potentially learn. So where do you actually get started? And uh, people use these uh, sort of community assembled uh, configurations. And currently, one of the most popular ones is is called SpaceMax. Uh, so it's not a separate application; it's just a um, it's a community driven uh, configuration. Uh, and I guess the the real kind of differentiation around this is uh, it's very accessible. Uh, it's very easy to use. Uh, the SpaceMax comes from this idea that a lot of the me- a lot of the menu functions is driven by this menu you you open when you press the spacebar, uh, which uh, is pretty easy. Anybody can kind of press the spacebar and get uh, and you get a display of uh, uh, mnemonic driven uh, menus, so you can actually uh, you know remember the commands a lot easier. So SpaceMax would be an add-on for Emacs. This is what you said. Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. so SpaceMax for me, uh, put simply, SpaceMax just makes uh, Emacs really easy to use and really easy to set up as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if we use SpaceMax for Clojure, what is this? I, is there a specific set of tools that are needed for Clojure, or? Um, so the nice thing about SpaceMax is it's using kind of the standard uh, tooling that people use uh, to drive Clojure anyway. So lining and boots uh, the Clojure. Uh, command line tools as well. All of those are, are nicely supported by SpaceMax because SpaceMax itself just uses CIDR, which is uh, the the kind of, I guess, the default uh, package that people use for uh, closure uh, with Emacs as well. And, uh, and Berg has done some amazing work with making CIDR a really great experience for, for closure and closure script development. Uh, what, are the, what is the main role of CIDR? I think the main role of Cider is to to make uh, Emacs a a closure IDE, a closure integrated development environment. Uh, I mean that is its name, so it's closure integrated development environment. That's that's uh, that rocks. Uh, that is what Cider stands for, and it does give you a very simple way to. You can just do Cider uh, Jackin or, or, or a closure Jackin or closure script Jackin. And uh, it starts uh, whichever uh, build tool you've got. So if you've got a lining and build, uh, it will just start lining and for you and inject any dependencies it needs to run, like connecting uh, NREPL. So you can basically just start start the REPL and then just connect to it uh, from Emacs. Or, and that's all done in the background for you. Um, and then it gives you the normal uh, kind of things you would get from IntelliJ and other IDEs, but without necessarily having all the weight there. So you've got uh, syntax highlighting, auto-completion, uh, and a whole range of uh, things you would normally expect from a, like a full development tool for uh, a language. 
So apart from CIDR, what would be any other packages that you would recommend for closure development in SpaceMax? Uh, that is a good question. So when you install SpaceMax, it comes with a whole uh, range of packages. Uh, but specifically for Clojure, um, then you can add the Clojure layer, which adds um, a bunch of packages for you uh, by default, so common mm -hmm. ones you can do. And there is also uh, a number of packages that um, you can. I optionally I encourage people to include, which is there's the auto-completion one, which gives you some nice inline auto-completion as you're typing the function names of Closure Core or Closure mm -hmm. Script things, they just pop up. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, there's a Git uh, layer uh, that you can include as well. Uh, and I use uh, syntax checking and uh, version control. And I've been plugging in as a Joker uh, or Joker um, linter uh, extension as well. So you can have linting as you type. And I think they're also doing the one for the new uh, linter that um, uh, I can't remember his name now. Yes, body K. Thank you. Yes, he's doing yeah. that. That's a really promising one as well. CLJ so. Condo, I, I believe. Yes, yeah, so, yes, yeah, so CLJ Condo. The, you can plug that in pretty easy into uh, into SpaceMax as well, and uh, it all just works. And you can include uh, so there's a cider CLJ refactor, uh, so you can help do like very common refactoring in closure and closure script. And also um, there's a Sayed uh, debugger. Uh, which you can also do. So if you want to debug your entire application, it will give you uh, a vast amount of information about all the all the things uh, inside your application. It just does a complete kind of uh, parsing of everything. Uh, so it's very, very mm -hmm. comprehensive. Although, although Clojure itself has uh, a really nice, uh, like, set, like simple debugger inside, which most of the time I just use that one. Okay. You mentioned layers. Uh, so are the layers just a, a list of com like certain curated packages that you would use for something? Uh, yeah. So when I started talking about uh, Emacs, I talked about the like the incredible flexibility of Emacs. Mm -hmm. And uh, one way to unleash all that power is, is through packages. And there are hundreds, if not thousands, of packages on Emacs. And most of them are in uh, GitHub repositories or uh, Melpa, which is the repository for uh, all these packages. Uh, so which ones do you actually combine together? And how do you combine them? And what's the what's a good configuration to make them all work together? This is the problem that uh, SpaceMax is challenged by by creating this concept of layers. Mm -hmm. And so a layer is one or more packages, but with the configuration to make them all work together. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this takes away all the heavy lifting of, of adding things like CIDR and configuring all with auto-completion and so on. It just makes things a lot quicker. So if you want to add closure support, uh, you could just add one line of uh, one line to your configuration file, uh, which is Clojure, and it will just add the Clojure layer, and it will add in all the kind of features that you uh, would want to get from CIDR, mm -hmm. uh, and that's it. That's all you have to do. Right. Um, so talking maybe about uh, the packages, and so uh, when we added Clojure, I think there's a couple of things that are important, and you mentioned a couple of them. So we have Linter. Uh, what does the Emacs or SpaceMax use for uh, parents? Is there any balancer for the parentheses? Yeah, it's it's very interesting about uh, sort of structural editing with power because you've got power edits, you've got power infer, you've got mm -hmm. um, and smart parens as well. So by default, SpaceMax has gone for smart parens, and I think the big reason for that is because you can use smart parens outside of just uh, 
Clojure and Lisp. So you can use it for other languages as well. Uh, and um, obviously, it's the most useful for Clojure and, uh, and uh, Lisp-like languages. Um, but you can use uh, PowerIn for it's a smart prints is just like uh, PowerEdit, uh, but it's a it's a modern kind of it's a re, re uh, reworked version of that that's uh, a lot more supported, and uh, you can do all your structural editing, slurping, barfing, all sorts of strange terms like that. But basically, it allows you to it basically allows you to edit your code without having to break the uh, the structure, the without having missing. Uh, close uh, brackets and so on. So it's a really powerful way to to edit and refactor your code. So we have parentheses. Then for the REPL, we would use CIDR. For the linter, we were talking about Joker or CLJ Condo. And what about code formatting? Is there anything available for uh, SpaceMax when it comes to code formatting? Yes. So there's uh, there's a few things for the code formatting. There's there's one thing that some people use that's quite fun, um, possibly quite confusing for new people. There's uh, a something called closure enable fancy symbols, which uh, puts in the actual lambda symbol when you write a lambda uh, and so on. But uh, these this is more kind of like to stylize some of the closure code. But in terms of formatting, there is um, there's a formatter insider. Uh, and you can you can tweak some of the formatting, but it's it follows the the formatter follows the the closure um, the closure style guide, style guide. Mm -hmm. uh, which is really useful and uh, which I think pretty much everybody follows. It's it's fairly consistent even across different editors as well. And uh, you can set it up to to auto format as well. So as you're typing, it's formatting uh, the the code as you're writing it as well. And I do. I also do kind of um, sort of setting up the um, alignment of. Uh, so if I'm doing a let statement, right. uh, and I've got multiple names in a let statement, the the values are all um, vertically aligned with each other as well. So you can get quite uh, you can get quite specific in the the formatting, and it's it's a really nice experience. Okay, so after we set up all of those layers in our SpaceMax, what will be the workflow for you in SpaceMax? Uh, so the workflow when you when you very first start, obviously you create a, a project, uh, and you'll do that with Liningen. Uh, typically, I'll do I'll still do Liningen with um, on the command line, or there's a command line sh uh, terminal called eshell you can use inside mm -hmm. Emacs as well, mm -hmm. so you don't have to have a separate window. Uh, and then I'll just load in one of the files from uh, from that project, either the project file or one of the source files. And then it's got a very kind of matrixy kind of style um, jack-in command. So you can either do CIDR jack-in. Uh, no, sorry. You can either do uh, closure jack-in if you're just doing closure development on the JVM. Mm -hmm. Or if you're doing closure script, then it's got a closure script jack-in. Uh, mm -hmm. And the, the nice thing about the closure script jack-in is that it will give you options about which of the build tools you actually want to uh to use. So if you're using FigWheel or FigWheel Main or Weasel or, or Shadow CLJS, pop just pops up a little menu for there and uh, you can select which one uh, you actually want to work with. And then you've got uh, a running uh, REPL uh, in the background. And um, I think uh, so SpaceMax, SpaceMax took the decision not to pop up a, a specific REPL uh, buffer, a specific REPL uh, window, uh, so it, it kind of encourages you to actually evaluate the code by using just the editor, mm -hmm. and I, I quite like that approach because it means that uh, everything that you write is saved in the file. You don't lose anything in the um, in the REPL buffer, 
and it also gives you a little, there's a little mark, uh, little marks that appear in the the left hand side uh, margin. So when you evaluate a function, it gives a little mark to show you that it's evaluated. And if you go back and change that function definition, then the mark goes away. So you know you need to actually go and evaluate that function again before you use it. And then you just write your code. And I like to, I like to evaluate a block code as I'm writing it, just to make sure that uh, if there's bugs in the code, then I can fix them straight away while I'm still thinking about that code. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I I personally added to Space Max as a pull request was uh, there was a, one of the key bindings that was missing, which was uh, to evaluate a function uh, or a function call uh, specifically and uh, put the result as a comment uh, underneath uh, the um, the actual code. So you can actually see, so it helps you as you're developing, you can see exactly what that, co- what that code does. And it allows you to kind of very easily create a journal of... Um, uh, of your experiments when you're kind of thinking about the design and what the function calls are going to do and what the results are. It's a very easy way to have that like design journal uh, that uh, is often talked about in, in Clojure developers. Right. So the design journal will be a forms that you can evaluate and then you can, you just keep them in the files along the code, right? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Stuart Halliway talks a lot about this, uh, this design journal that helps you kind of show how you've kind of reached uh, the design decisions that you're putting into the code and it's usually uh, it's usually a section underneath or you can put it as a as a documentation uh sort of separate documentation if you want to but it allows you to uh for other people uh, and for yourself to remind remember how you got to that the resulting closure code mm-hmm. and um, and the design decisions that you didn't take as well you can also capture some of those Mm-hmm. All right, so we are in the position where we configured our SpaceMax, we wrote some code, and we have it ready. Uh, what would be the next step in our, I don't know, developing an application or anything like this? Would we move to a testing phase, or how do you normally do this? Uh, yes, so I there is um, a lot of interesting discussion about uh, whether we do uh, whether we just use the REPL, whether we write tests in the Closure mm-hmm. community. I think everybody does write tests. I just... Um, they're not uh, everybody. It's a kind of writing unit tests with uh, closure dot uh, uh, closure dot test uh, mm-hmm. namespace is a pretty well known um, uh, approach, and so it's not really talked about very much, even though it's is quite used used quite well. Mm-hmm. And so I will write uh, closure uh, closure tests uh, to help me uh, kind of shape the design. Uh, but if I if I'm not sure about something as, as well, I'll just jump into writing a bit of code. So I, one way to think about this is if you need to do a quick spike on well, how does this work? What's it going to look like? I'm not quite sure of the test I need to write because I'm not I don't understand the problem domain enough to be able to do that. So you that's when you start writing a little bit of code in uh, in your editor or in your REPL. And uh, and evaluating and understanding the design and uh, the shape of the code, the shape of the data you actually need, uh, and and how best to kind of transform data into doing uh, different um, yeah, to solving different parts of the of the application. Mm-hmm. And because uh, obviously developing enclosure, sometimes it's a matter of uh, you take some uh, you take some. A data structure that you've got for your application, and you'll transform it to to make your application code and your algorithms actually simpler. 
Uh, and so playing around with that, experimenting with that in the REPL, and then taking back that back into the design when you've made a decision. Um, you can take that design back into your tests and then write uh, your code to satisfy those tests as well. So it's just like doing test-driven development, except there's an extra element where you can actually do experimentation in the REPL, mm -hmm. and you can um, you can understand and experiment with designs and then feed that back into the the design decisions that you're making as you're doing your test-driven development as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can run your tests from within uh, within from within Sido from within SpaceMax and uh, and you can do the whole kind of write a failing test uh, and then make it pass and then refactor. Uh, but you've also got that REPL to support you as well if you need to do spikes uh, to explore a little bit further outside of the con context of a test. Cool. So assuming everything passed, like we have all the tests, uh, what's, the story, <laughs> uh, what's the story with integration with any uh, source code repositories like GitHub or anything like this? Yes. So... Uh, I think Emacs has one of the most uh, enjoyable experiences in terms of a Git client. Um, I used to be I used to be completely obsessed with doing Git on the command line, and I used to know all the commands and things like that. Uh, but there there is a tool in Emacs called Magit, uh, which is actually just an amazing Git client. Uh, I, I really love it, and anybody who's spent more than five minutes with it, I think, gets quite hooked to it. And you can just basically uh, Open, you can initialize a repository with it. You can do all the things you expect to do with Git. Uh, you can add uh, remote um, repositories to it. Mm -hmm. And the, one of the really nice things is you can be very specific in the lines you can add. So normally when you're adding uh, changes to your commit, mm -hmm. then you'll do it by the hunk, which is what Git decides to, how Git decides to group up your changes. But uh, with with Magit, you can actually specify specific lines. So you can just actually go in and select a specific specific line, stage that, uh, and go in and select some other lines. So you can you can break down hunks just down to the specific uh, lines that you want. And if you if you've forgotten to kind of um, if you've done a lot of work and you've forgotten to commit stuff, you can actually make a very meaningful commit very easily by just selecting the specific parts. That you actually want, and uh, you don't have to kind of keep uh, encouraging Git to break down hunks for you. You can just go in and be very selective. Mm -hmm. So, Magit in SpaceMag will be also one layer that we would add to configuration file. Yeah, so Magit is included when you include the Git layer. Um, so uh, I think it's pretty easy mm -hmm. to just do just. Git, and that includes Magit, and it's all nicely configured mm -hmm. uh, for you as well. Cool. So. After we did all of the steps, we committed this stuff to Git, uh, and then we need to change something in our code. How would we approach refactoring? So refactoring is uh, is a really, I think it's 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 a lot simpler in Clojure and Clojure Script because you don't have to navigate around uh, large large enough projects. So uh, most most of the code is kind of well organized into namespaces, mm -hmm. and and you can very easily kind of list uh, all the all the functions. Uh, function definitions and other vars in your namespace, mm -hmm. and um, there's yeah there's little um, shortcuts for navigating and highlighting the the names of functions, so you can very easily kind of jump to them, and you can use something called iEdit, which is um, a way to do very advanced kind of uh, search and replace. 
Mm-hmm. So you can basically just select select a function name, and then you do um, I edit, and it will select all of the function names for you, and uh, and then you can change it, and you get this the same um, you get the same kind of uh, experience as multiple cursors because it will just change it. So as you as you're kind of renaming the the one name, it's renaming all the other names at the same time. You can see them all uh, changing as you go. Uh, and so it's a really nice way to approach that. And if you couple that with this idea of narrowing down your code, so rather than editing the entire uh, file, mm-hmm. you can actually just select a specific function. So if you've got like a local name that you want to change, but you've that local name appears in other functions, then you can just to narrow down to a specific function and okay. just go and make changes just in that particular function or a particular region. Uh, and so there's some really nice Emacs kind of related approaches to just being very specific of what you're editing. And then once you've finished working on that narrow piece of your file, you can just widen and it'll show you the the changes back into the um, the full file. And it's, so it's a nice way to be very specific in your editing. And, and there's all the usual kind of things. You've got code folding so you can hide things away so you can... Uh, you can just focus on specific areas of the uh, of the code as well, and there's also uh, closure uh, refactor. So sometimes you'll type in the the wrong brackets, uh, the wrong parens, and so sometimes you'll do a list and you actually wanted a vector, and you can go in and just select the first uh, the open bracket of the of the list, yeah. and you can just do CLJ refactor and cycle through or just change uh, a list to a vector. Mm-hmm. Uh, very very easily just using uh, a keyboard shortcut, uh, so right. it makes it very easy to do that kind of thing, that kind of thing. All right. Uh, so we talked about the space marks and how the layers are just an ease ease or something nicer developer experience versus Emacs and doing the installing the packages by yourself. Are there any advantages of using space marks over Emacs? Uh, yeah. So we we talked about the simplicity, but there's uh, one of the uh, I guess one of the main features of Spacemax, which is different to other community layers, is this inclusion of uh, of, of the Vim style editing. So you've got multimodal editing in there, uh, which means that I think one of the nice things is it just simplifies a lot of the uh, keyboard combos, the keyboard com- uh, combinations you you need to be able to call functions because there's hundreds and thousands of functions you can call to to drive. Uh, uh, Emacs mm-hmm. and uh, Emacs Classic kind of tends to use you do Control C, Control V, or Control X, Control E. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas uh, with uh, with Vim, you you can go into uh, the normal mode, which allows you to just run commands over your code. Um, so you can do uh, things like um, GG, which will go to the top of the file, and G and capital G that will go to the bottom of the file. Uh, and so the key bindings are a lot simpler and a lot more gentle on your fingers. Mm-hmm. And it's often kind of attributed to reducing uh, RSI on your uh, on your poor little wrists as well. Mm. Okay. And uh, and also you've got this this multimodal editing. There's quite a few different modes. You've got normal mode where you uh, run commands and change the structure of your uh, of your code. So you can actually do some some nice. Uh, Structured editing just with just with the Vim uh, approach as well, and there is actually a a Lisp um, state you can go into, 
And uh, this is specifically designed to do structural editing really easily. So you can slurp and barf just by doing S and B. Uh, so slurping is just pulling in uh, code into your parentheses and barfing is pushing code out of your parentheses as well. Mm -hmm. So again, it just makes refactoring very simple. Uh, and uh, there's also, uh, as we mentioned before, there's the I edit. There's an I edit mode as well, so you can right. do some uh, amazing editing around okay. that as well. So um, I know when you set up Emacs uh, Space Max, uh, you you have this uh, option to select if you're an Emacs background or a Vim background and stuff like this. So you would definitely yep. uh, recommend to use the Vim uh, setup. I do know. I, I did start. I, I was using Emacs before, long before Space Max came around, and I I was used to using the Emacs Experience, uh, which is uh, is often referred to as the the holy mode in uh, in Space Max, and um, and that, that works really well. And if you're very familiar with that, you can you can take that approach. But there, I think Vim adds. Uh, a lot more power to to your editing. Mm -hmm. uh, there's often there's often a joke that uh, uh, Emacs is an operating system just waiting for a really good editor. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a little bit cruel, but I think Vim does give you an amazingly powerful editor. And I know people that love uh, Neo Vim, and we've kind of showed them uh, Emacs as well, and they do really appreciate some of the things that uh, that kind of the evil mode gives you this Vi experience, this Vi, this Vim-like experience. And I think that it just adds an extra dimension into just being able to get that code uh, out onto your, you know, into your file as quickly as possible and be able to do uh, some amazing editing around there as well. So I think it's definitely worth giving it a try. And I think because you've got the Space Max space menu as well, it does help you kind of pick up some of the uh, the Vi, uh, the Vi approaches in uh, in a more gentle way as well so it's not a steep a learning curve to pick up vi one of the things i think if you if you are going to take the vim the vi approach there's this idea of how to actually um, understand that and i've written a few little guides about how to how to speak vim um, because it, it's vim itself is its own kind of language and the way you think about text, you think about um, think about changing and deleting and surrounding and selecting and yanking text, uh, and you learn modifiers about that. About I want to jump to the next character or just before then, just before the next character, uh, and then there's text objects as well. So, you, am I do I want to work on a word, a sentence, a paragraph, a block, etc., uh, etc. Et so, I've written a little bit of an intro to that in the uh, uh, practically Space Max. Okay, so this will be this is something that uh, people will find in the show notes. So we will link to the SpaceMax Practica uh, Practicali guide and all the others. Is there anything specific we should talk about in terms of ClojureScript? So ClojureScript, I think it just builds on top of um, the Closure experience as well. I think there's there's not a huge amount of difference in the approach. You are um, you are still. Uh, I think the only real difference when you start it up is you're doing uh, Closure Script Jacking instead of Closure. Uh, jack in, uh, but I think the you would expose your REPL. You would see you would look at your REPL as the browser, mm -hmm. and so I often have um, Emacs side by side with the browser, so I can see changes just as they're happening as well. Uh, I tend to use um, FigWheel or FigWheel Main, right. but even if you're using uh, um, Shadow CLGS, it's the same experience. And as soon as you save something, then you can see the changes in your browser. But I think it's also nice to um, to be able to use the REPL inside 
Space Max to also drive changes in there as well, especially if you're playing around with the the application state as well. So you can go in and do a swap or a reset on the application change. And because that's driving your components, your functions that are driving the the look uh, and the output of your uh, application, you can then see those changes updating as well because uh, FigWheel or whatever build tool is doing is, is pushing those changes into the browser uh, as the results of your uh, code. So that's really a nice experience. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, and when people have when people will have any questions towards configuring SpaceMax uh, for closure, is there any place where they can reach out? Yeah, so there's a very uh, very healthy kind of uh, discussions, well, all through the Closure in Slack channel, but there's a, a Slack community, but there's a specific Slack channel, uh, like um, hash SpaceMax, where you can get help for, for SpaceMax specifically. Uh, and there's also a channel for uh, general ones called hash Emacs, and specifically for CIDR. Uh, oh, there's a lot of CIDR development stuff in there as well, but general help are in hash CIDR in uh, the closure in Slack communities. Uh, is there anything else that we should talk when we talk about Emacs and help people maybe understand what is this operating system without good editor is about? Yeah, I, th I think it's very hard to uh, mention Emacs without talking about org mode. I think it is one of the, the major kind of selling points of Emacs, even though you don't have to buy it. Um, but it, it's it's more than just a document a way to write really good documentation. Uh, you can write um, you can write documents and uh, all the titles and all the subtitles you can do. You can you can write them and you can basically collapse them all, so you can just focus in on one part of your document. So typically, you'd have like one big. Uh, file that has, has all your project documentation, and uh, you can uh, yeah you can just focus in on the specific part that you wanted to work with, and we can do that a little bit with Markdown as well. There's some features in SpaceMax that helps you work with Markdown files as well. Although now that uh, GitHub uh, supports GitHub Excel supports um, uh, org mode files as well, so you can use though you can use an org mode file as uh, uh, as your GitHub README. Uh, as well as your documentation. And um, org mode is just a text file, um, but the, but um, Emacs makes it so much more uh, of a nicer experience. And one of the interesting things you can do with org mode is you can also include uh, code snippets as well, so, uh, and you can evaluate them. There's, uh, there's a package called Babel, which will allow you to do what we call uh, literate programming. So you actually include... Uh, Evaluate uh, code that you can evaluate in your org mode file, and so you can run it and get results and include that in your documentation. So you can make it much more of a, a living document. Okay. And if you wanted, to, and if you wanted to take it even further, you can also create your own uh, to dos and your own Kanban board, uh, and even manage your entire agenda inside org mode as well. There, there's so much more that uh, we can come to. It. It's a it's a podcast in itself. <laughs> cool. All right. Apart from the Practicality Guide for SpaceMax, you also wrote the one for Clojure and the Clojure web apps. There is also one you mentioned about the Clojure script. Can you tell us anything more about those resources? Uh, yes. So uh, the way I've learned Clojure and Clojure script is by, I guess, is by teaching other people. Mm. Uh, and I, I've, I run a, 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 an in-person event called uh, Hack the Tower uh, when I was working for Salesforce. Uh, and that was a really good experience in, um, yeah, teaching other, like learning how to do closure by teaching other people. Uh, and sometimes it was quite challenging because I didn't have all the answers. So it was quite 
a forcing function to go and help me uh, learn closure and learn the bits that uh, I wasn't quite clear on. And so I also found writing books and writing these. So I was writing tutorials for these kind of uh, these kind of events, uh, and they developed into longer tutorials and workbooks, uh, and kind of like they're almost kind of book size now. Uh, but it's trying to help uh, people understand, including myself, how to do closure, all the tips and tricks I've picked up along the way, but doing so in a very practical uh, approach. So. They're quite light on theory, uh, and I'll point to the the actual the places where you can go and delve deep into that. So, yeah, I'm not talking about um, uh, monoids and things like that. I'm talking about how to do uh, closure, uh, and then laying on top of that very gently just some theory about what that means, how to, and also how to think in uh, the functional way as well, which I think is quite challenging. Uh, when this is new, but also even more challenging when you're very familiar with thinking in another uh, approach like um, object-oriented uh, uh, analysis and design. It's it's quite hard to change from that to uh, to going into the functional way of thinking. So I'm trying to kind of encapsulate some of that into into these uh, applications. And I'm not really a like a, a well-experienced front-end developer. So the closure script one is kind of helping me understand how to do the front-end development. And um, it's actually really quite simple. I mean, if you take something like, uh, if you take something like closure script and uh, reagent uh, and a framework, a CSS framework like Bootstrap or Bulma, you can build a website uh, very, very easily, actually, right. and, and quite nicely just mm -hmm. using closure data structures. And uh, and so um, it's it's capturing those kind of things, how to do, web development for people who are not that familiar with web development. Mm -hmm. That specifically is what I'm doing with the, uh, the closure script one as well. Yeah, I have to say when I found the resource, I was really impressed by the amount of effort you must have put into this. But I don't, I don't think it's only actually book because there are sections where you like record the videos and you put like videos inside, uh, which I think it's very also helpful for someone just to see how exactly you, you set it up. I think those resources are really valuable. Yes, yeah, yes. Uh, especially for the SpaceMax book, I've tried to put in videos because it's it's quite hard to often convey like uh, how to, how to do things in just text. So actually, videos for for SpaceMax is really good, and I'm also extending those, uh, trying to do more of that for the especially for the closure scripts uh, books as well, because it, it's nice to kind of show like, how that experience is working. And there's, there's so many kind of different things I'd like to think there's so much stuff I'd like to put into that book as well over the next few few, few weeks and months, because there's some amazing things people are doing inside, uh, especially around closure script these days as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, John, I think this been this has been great. I think all of the guides and actually the resources you put up together are really helpful. Uh, so again, if you want to check out John's work, uh, check out the Practicality guides. There's one for Clojure, Clojure Web Apps. There's one for SpaceMax. And uh, the new one is on Clojure Script. Uh, on top of this, John is also running study groups. Uh, so those study groups are usually run on weekends. Uh, John, would you like to take uh, take a second to talk about these two? Yeah, sure. The the practically uh, closure study groups are uh, a lot of fun for me uh, because it really puts me on the spot to see how much I actually know. And it's just an hour session on YouTube uh, to uh, to go over something specific in closure or closure scripts. So we've done things like going by having discussions on the different ways to solve foreclosure exercises. We've built um, a an API. 
and just really kind of practical exercise, examples for how to do things with closure and closure scripts. And the last thing I did was I was working on um, yeah working on a website to for Closure Bridge, which is another event that we help run to help women get into uh, into coding through closure. Mm-hmm. What are the ways people can follow you? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at uh, jrocket, which is uh, jrocket with a zero. Uh, or probably the quickest way to get hold of me is through the Closure in Slack community. And uh, you can find me on Closure-UK channel and Spacemax channel, most other channels as well. Or you can send me a direct message on there as well if you've got a specific question and you're a bit too shy to uh, ask in public. Cool. We will include all of those links and notes so people can easily find you in the show notes. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's great. And uh, I hope all you enjoy Space Max. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Bye. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes or any other platform you're listening to. You can share it on social media with your friends. You can blog about it, discuss it on your own podcast, and you can support it directly by buying my video courses and learning ClojureScript and Clojure at my website, jacekshe.com. That's J-A-C-E-K-S-C-H-A-E.com. Thank you for your support of this show.